0: A lot of businesses are thinking about how can we get money to people who need it and switching from some more traditional forms of payment that have latency to quicker forms of payment that many of us in the payments industry have been trying to solve for some time, right?
1: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within FinTech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antoine with Currency Cloud. And today I'm happy to have Jennifer Worley from MetaBank. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, it's really good to have you on. Excited to, to chat about a different array of operations and, and the mm-hmm. landscape that we're in today. But before we get started, if you could, for our listeners, uh, just give a brief, brief background of yourself and you know what you're doing over at Meta today, and we can kick things off.
0: Sure. So I am the SVP of product and marketing at MetaBank today, representing our Meta payment system line of business. I've been with Meta for about three years, sort of driving our product strategy, innovation roadmap, and and how we take solutions to market with our partners. And prior to that, I've been in payments about fifteen years with a heavy focus on prepaid program management. For my time at Meta,
1: awesome, yeah. So uh, you know, obviously, good experience bringing in, and excited to have you on here today as you know, bringing your expertise of what you're doing at Meta. But I guess you know, as we just talked about prior to getting into this call, you know, the situations that uh, that we're in today, and I think it'll be great to talk about just their overall you know, shifts that we're seeing with with COVID and the different operations that uh, different companies are having to do and and obviously banking relationships as well. Uh, So I guess to kick it off, you know, what have you seen in just the overall shift, you know, due to the COVID situation that we're in today?
0: Yeah, obviously, um, we've seen some pretty swift shifts due to the, the pandemic that's upon us. And, you know, I mean, one of the biggest trends we've really seen is a heavy shift to digital payments. Contactless type payments, you know, really backed up by a lot of reasons. But, you know, I mean, at at the core, there we we've been we've all been thrust into a low-touch environment, right? Social distancing, uh, try to keep the virus contained, and we all know, you know, cash is exchanged many times, and um, you know, everything. <laughs> Old adage around cash being dirty, right? So I think that that's causing people to rethink their use of the, that traditional mechanism and, and move the needle on really contactless digital payments. You know, I, I think digital payments could be con- conceived as safer and certainly more convenient. I also think, as we've all been forced into stay at home orders, traditional brick and mortar type interactions are, are just not as available. Um, that's a traditional distribution channel for payments products, um, namely mm-hmm. prepaid cards like gift cards and, and general purpose reloadable cards, which has fueled a, a heavy increase in e-commerce and digital means of acquisition of, of acquiring those products. And then, you know, lastly, I think a lot of businesses are thinking about how can we get money to people who need it and switching from some more traditional forms of payment that have latency to quicker forms of payment that many of us in the payments industry have been th- trying to solve for some time, right? Like how can we eliminate the latency in the process and get get payments dispersed more quickly? And m- many of those options are are truly digital in the form of some real time or very near time payments. So I think all of those things, luckily, but many of us have been strategizing those for <laughs> you know quite some time, and now that the market is is really forcing people to to take advantage of some of those options and think about them.
1: Yeah, and I and and I know we're going to speak about it in a bit about how specifically meta is 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 built to handle that which um, you know we've talked about previously. Um one area I did wanted to cover as you mentioned, you know, uh, the the shift for payments uh whether you know whether it's digitally um or just you know having having my funds being being held at a bank and and being able to be able to move those, whether it's through contactless or, or initiate digital disbursements. But what, what about, the, I guess, the population that's unbanked or underbanked and how they're able to, you know, get access um, to, to receive digital payments or even, you know, be a part of that uh, process? How are you guys helping that?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the statistics are still, according to FDIC, more than 8 million households in the U.S. were still unbanked. As of um, 2017. so there's still a lot of people out there who are operating with cash only and they have a lot of challenges and If you think about you know if they get paid by a, a check and they have to go to a physical check cashing location that may not be open due to stay at home orders there's mm-hmm. some there's some problems there with the with a portion of the population who needs the money the most so you know that's definitely something we've been thinking about we um, we've had a fairly heavy communications and education activity going on where we tried to help legislators and other industry experts who are concerned about these types of demographics understand the value of, say, prepaid cards, right? You know, everybody thinks checks are convenient and people know what to do with them. But when you think about, the, you know, A, the latency, B, the, the availability of get, being able to get somewhere and cash that check if you don't have a bank account you know, see the, the fees that are often associated with that in a time of economic distress, and D, the, you know, the potential viral transmission that's upon us, I think there's a lot of benefits to, you know, switching to a card-based transaction where, you know, once someone has that card, funds can be easily loaded in moments rather than days, right? And, you know, and the funds can also be easily spent nearly instantaneously rather than having to wait to get to somewhere to cash that check and figure all of that out. So we've been doing some educational efforts around that for sure.
1: Yeah, it's 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 obviously really important, and and I guess being in the space, you realize there's been a need for that uh, historically, but now it's obviously a, a forced challenge that needs to be addressed uh, immediately. I mean, you know, obviously you guys being at the forefront of the prepaid world and having you know customers serving this space, it's definitely an area of, of an expertise that would be you know, explained out into the market that uh, I, uh, you know, I obviously assumed that you would be tackling. I guess to transition over to more of the corporate disbursements, you know, what are you guys, you know, seeing in this space and how are you, how has this been impacted, I guess, over uh, the, the COVID-19 era?
0: Yeah, I, I think now more than ever, corporations are really leaning into digital disbursement options. You know, not only are these contactless, they can be, there can be no interruptions if you know, physical locations aren't open. You know, digital money can still transact easily. So that, you know, definitely benefits a business both during a crisis and in normal day to day operations. And many businesses have been thinking about this for a while and the market's been trending this way because number one, digital saves money. We know that many transactions in the industry are still made by paper checks today and the cost of checks can add up when you when you consider all in, it's not just the cost of producing one check and mailing that check, but when you take into account managing if anything goes wrong in that process and what the um, resolution costs can be around, you know, dealing with some sort of error in the system. You know, a a check completely mailed and reconciled can cost the business up to twenty dollars for just yeah. one check. So You know that's something that we've been, as we've been focused on our roadmap and innovating the digital payment space, um, we've been again trying to educate businesses on the real value of of going digital.
1: Are you seeing any specific industries? Uh, I I mean, obviously, it's I think industry agnostic at this point, but I'm just interested to see if there is, you know, specific industries or, or trends that you're getting more demand given now than previous uh, due to this? Or is it really just across the board?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely see a heavy, heavy movement in corporate disbursements, both B2B and business consumer. So, you know, businesses paying businesses are definitely interested in alleviating the, the time and the resource required to manage those transactions and getting costs out of the model. So that makes a lot of sense, right? To consider how do I eliminate all this uh, heavy administration on paper checks and invoicing and go to something virtual. So that's happening. And then, you know, if you think about business to consumer, there are a few industries that are definitely leading the charge. Any any industry where, like, we're paying consumer claims, think about insurance, for instance, that makes a lot of sense, right? You can, you know, someone's had a some sort of life event and there's an, a need to get them that money quickly. And smoothly, so that they can handle their needs. Um, and there's been, you know, we've done some research in this space, which I know we're going to talk about in a little bit. And you know, there's there's a high amount of value placed on that from a consumer perspective that they would show increased loyalty to a company that can eliminate the friction in getting them paid, right? I think the other area where we're definitely seeing a need and a lot of interest is in the gig economy employment space. Really being able to leverage digital, digital disbursements to pay gig economy workers, and that segment of the population—they're working on demand, and they're definitely wanting to get paid on demand. And you know, we've done some research in that space through some of our partnerships as well. And like 73% of those workers would be willing to leave the um, you know the gig employer, so to speak, if they are not satisfied with their payment method. <laughs> So you know, again, taking the friction out of that experience and making sure that the the payments are being made timely and smoothly is really critical. There,
1: yeah, super important, and especially where timing now more than ever has become probably the main priority to get to get access to the funds at a sooner pace, um, which I I think we'll touch on in in a bit. One area that you mentioned earlier that I'd like to to discuss specifically for Meta, I guess internally. How has things changed for you, uh, or if anything, to move to digital and your processing side of things you know in in with your day to day operational team and, and processes there?
0: yeah, um I mean really, I mean, we've been working for you know the past couple of years on building a foundation and an infrastructure to support digital payments. You know, the good news is we were out ahead of that, and we have an infrastructure available. We are still iterating on that, but, you know, from a processing perspective, no real changes because, you know, we we strategically put that in place, knowing that this is a place the industry is heading. I definitely feel that I fully expect for us to see a ramp up in terms of where potential partners are putting this in their roadmaps and prioritizing this based on the, you know, the current market environments and the, the significant shift toward digital payments that we are, are starting to see based on the pandemic, right? I mean, from an operational perspective, you know, definitely there's some increased levels of servicing that are happening around the day-to-day, you know, consumers who are all of a sudden thrust into an economic um, d- d- distress situation and, you know, are needing to be serviced at a higher level, um, which, you know, we are fully prepared to do. We support um, all of our partners in the marketplace as a second line of defense in many cases for servicing. And we have, um, we have our hands around that as well. And we also are doing a lot of outreach to help make sure that consumers are being well taken care of.
1: And obviously, you know, protecting yourselves uh, previous to this situation keeps you guys in a good place. And, and to be fair, the customers that you're serving that are looking to be innovative as well, um, you need to obviously have has something in place to support them, which you guys are always at the forefront of doing, which is which is really good to see, especially that you're you're really the backbone of a lot of these innovative uh, fintech companies that you would hope would continue on uh, their journey uh, as far as success right. here during these times.
0: Right. So we run a, uh, I mean, we really run a partner enablement model, so our focus is to help partners take these, these solutions to market for consumers. So, you know, we, uh, we really have been out in front of the trying to educate partners on the value and building the infrastructure so that we can make that enablement transpire.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess on the model and that, I guess it will transition into, you know, what I was going to ask next, which you previously mentioned is, you know, the different opportunities uh, for the consumers uh, to be able to receive um, their money faster and different opportunities there and obviously with your partner enabling uh, situation or or, or uh, model i guess um that's that's at the forefront of doing that um could you talk about about the research there and, and you know what the responses that you got uh you know with with why it's important and and how uh, those types of products are getting you know funds to the consumers faster on a daily basis
0: Right. So uh, we've been heavily focused on this um, segment of the payments business for some time. We just recently released a study called Faster Payments, um, What Consumers Want from Businesses in 2019, where we examined consumer preferences for receiving payments from businesses. And while this, what we actually conducted this pre-pandemic, you know, I think it, it begs to, it brings to the forefront several several things that are super relevant and perhaps even more so in, in the climate in which we've entered into. Um, I mean, the data would really tell us that consumers are in high demand for faster payments. They want their money faster. As I talked about, people are, you know, many people are earning on demand and want to be paid on demand. Consumers are very comfortable with P2P platforms and sending money to peers and service providers, et cetera, through the likes of you know PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. And I think we have to look at, at all of that activity from a consumer perspective and translate that into what that means to those of us in the payments business and how we enable this technology from um, a business perspective to meet the consumer demand as well. You know, consumer preferences really are all about conveni- convenience, speed, and security. You know, they want, they want it to be easy, safe, and fast. So, you know, that's where we're focused when we look at new technologies and enabling new solutions to make sure it hits those those three key objectives. And then, you know, really, I mean, the time is is of the essence that businesses need to really consider the digital and faster payments. As I, I mentioned this earlier, our research really found that that faster payments have a direct correlation to consumer retention and loyalty. So nearly two in five respondents said they'd be more willing to provide repeat business to a company that offers direct deposits that they'd receive within a few days. And that increases by 10% if we can um, narrow that gap to less than days and more more along the lines of minutes.
1: Wow, that's, uh, that's a pretty interesting stats there. Um, being <laughs> super sticky with the customer, but then obviously you know, opportunities for expansion from that. I, get, I guess to tap on that, so you guys last year in, in nineteen uh, went live with Faster Payments. Is that correct? Yeah, last year? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, um, and then I guess from the emerging part, like how do you guys determine what you're going to prioritize as far as looking at new, uh, new emerging products or new payment products that are coming out? Um, how do you guys prioritize where you, know, where you want to put it into the roadmap and, and, and strike internally
0: uh, to build out? Right so we've looked at as i mentioned earlier we're um it's a nice intersection of our business and matches our partner enablement model fairly significantly to focus on the corporate disbursement space so we've been heavily focused in the the B2C transaction area where we have a lot of partners who may be you know interested in in shifting business into you know eliminating latency of some traditional payment products and shifting business into a faster payment solution or acquiring new business and as i mentioned like in, in some of the segments of the business that are still very check laden. You know, insurance is a good example of of one of those categories we talked about before. So that's really that drove the prioritization. Um, and what we've been focused on for the last year is really enabling that domestic corporate disbursement platform. And then, you know, the, the roadmap continues and we're now focused on um, expanding that globally. You know, obviously, this is a global pandemic, so I think what we're seeing in the U.S., we would expect to see a lot of that worldwide as well. And there's there's a definite need for consumers in the U.S. to send money to family abroad. Um, so that that is certainly a use case that is relevant and on our roadmap and in our pipeline.
1: Yeah, and obviously, we've had conversations around that. I think we're we're definitely seeing some opportunities within that that space. Yeah. More now than ever, uh both both in the the B2C and C to C and even B2B, um, trying to get access to, to make invoice payments in, in a global aspect when the, some of the banks might be you know it might be a couple of days in a um delay or even weeks uh to try to get access to, to currency and move money. We're definitely right. seeing some challenges there. I guess to close out, to to circle back on a lot of what we just talked about, when I guess the the economy, maybe. Well, I wouldn't say economy, but even post COVID, I guess the crisis mm-hmm. um, seems to stabilize. A lot of the changes that you guys made, or even your customers, have decided to to change, prioritize. Do you see Do you see those sticking and uh, and becoming the norm, or do you see this just more of a like a temporary solution? And that sense of things, I'm sure you have an opinion on that. I'd love to love to. Yeah. Get that.
0: Yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, I, I mean, the all of these things were part of our strategy and our roadmap pre-COVID, right? And so there was a reason for that. I think we've all felt the market is shifting this way. Consumers have been telling us for a, a long time now that they're frustrated with latency and friction in the payments ecosystem. So, you know, what I think that the the pandemic has done is is ramp up some other value, <laughs> key value points around that, like the you know, the the safety and the contactless uh, elements of digital payments. But I also see it, you know, like I said, I think I I expect that partners will be moving these initiatives up their roadmaps if they weren't on them or, or onto their roadmaps if they weren't on them already. It's going to proliferate the availability of these solutions and, you know, increase the, you know, the whole, innovation circle around this. You know, I think consumer adoption will ramp up. I think the enablement of these solutions will ramp up. And I think they're here to stay for sure.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. And it's good to hear that confirmation from your side. As I mentioned, like being at the forefront of, of the partner enabling, which is essentially where we sit as well in the market. And we always uh, try to educate uh, the, the the prospects and current clients of what's, what's coming and then get a good temperature check, I guess, trying to stay at the forefront about the innovation with both digital and then all the also partnering opportunities there so it's good to hear that uh, obviously uh, you're in that same same alignment as well well Jen it was really good to have you on I think really good information for our listeners you know at this time of recording end of April I'm trying to get to as I mentioned to get this one out sooner uh, than later so we can be uh, anyone in that's going through the same challenges um, that we you know we've discussed it's good to hear confirmations coming from, from you guys as well. So excited to get uh, this episode out and uh, yeah, it was really good to have you on today. I appreciate it.
0: Likewise. Thank you so
1: much for having me. Yeah, of course. Take care, Jen. Currency cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.